0: Hey parents, it is episode 155 of the Wonder of Parenting podcast. We are so glad to have you with us. And as we get set for next podcast, which will be our three-year anniversary, we want to say a big thanks to you, uh, especially those of you who've been with us from the beginning. We're so glad to have had you with us. And in three years, many of you have uh, seen your kids starting to grow up. Others of you have been joining us along the way. And want to remind you that there are 155 episodes available to you at any time because they're what they call evergreen in the business. They're always there for you. So we encourage you, uh, if you've ever missed some episodes and there's a certain topic you're interested in, you might do a little scroll through and you might find that that uh, topic has been covered. Or you can go to our Facebook group, Wonder of Parenting. Uh, Just put a search in. And if you're not a part of that group, uh, just hit join and I'll let you in. And it's a closed group, so Only Wonder of Parenting Podcast families are listening in and writing into that. And uh, it's a chance for you to interact with other parents, and there's some great insight and wisdom out there, and uh, encourage you to be a part of that as well. Michael Gurian is with us today, as always, <laughs> and uh, Michael, it's always good to have you with us. Thank you. I have not <laughs> stuck away. I am right here. Yep. Great to be with you and everyone. And, and uh, today, we are going to focus our entire episode on teenagers. Mm -hmm. And uh, we've got a question about that that came from our Facebook page. And uh, Michael, both of us have been teenagers. Every parent listening has been a teenager. And so we're going to talk a little bit about some of the differences, I think, that we experienced growing up and what kids are experiencing today. And yet there are some things that still remain the same. Uh, Before we do that, we want to give a shout out to uh, Dr. Greg Jantz and the folks up there at the Center of Place of Hope in the Seattle area. And uh, we're so grateful to them for their sponsorship. But more than that, we're grateful to them for the great work that they do on so many issues of life. And uh, if you ever feel like you're at a point where you or someone you love needs some extra help, uh, you can check out uh, the uh, great folks up there. It's the Center of Place of Hope. It's in the Seattle area. And uh, so when I say up there, it's because it's up there from where we are here in Phoenix. And you can find them on wonderparenting.com. And there's a link there, as is uh, also there a link for the Ford School, which Michael's going to tell you about. They're doing some new things.
1: Yeah, yeah. The Ford School in rural Tennessee, residential treatment for boys 14 to 17. So this would be boys who are having issues, uh, depression, anxiety, um, school issues at school, issues in their families. Um, So it's residential treatment. And it's a beautiful, it's rural, beautiful, adventure therapy, and they're moving toward a six-week to t- uh, two-month model. So um, generally, insurance covers. Uh, so I'm saying generally because I don't know everyone's insurance, but um, if you know of a boy who's, uh, who's having issues, look at the Forge School. The team there is, is great, and it's a great place. And So go to wonderaparenting.com, and you can see more about the Forge School.
0: So Michael, you and I are both of an age where we we grew up, we're both 63 years old. Uh, We were kids in the 60s and kind of came of age as teenagers in the 1970s. Uh, which was a, a really weird decade in many ways, uh, from uh, bell-bottom jeans to you know Def Leppard and Barry Manilow music all on the same radio station. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, in fact, I was listening to an old version of the Top Forty America the Countdown Show, and it was from 1972, I think. And Perry Como, this is a name that nobody who's listening <laughs> will know about. Perry Como was a uh, sort of like Frank Sinatra. He had a number. He was like number ten in the countdown and then right after that was something like Def Leppard or some rock and <laughs> roll band just crazy stuff in the 70s Casey but you know Kasem. Was yeah, that Casey, Casey Kasem yeah Casey Kasem was yeah yeah, yeah who right. was the who was the voice of Robin in the cartoons of Batman and Robin and also was one of the voices of the old uh, Scooby-Doo show just for those of you who enjoy uh, old people trivia uh, um so but but when we were growing up You know, our parents and our grandparents were concerned about the things that we were living through. Now, we were going through, uh, you know, societal change that our country had never seen before. We'd had uh, uh, the, the summer of 1968 and civil rights protests and leaders like JFK and MLK and Robert Kennedy had been assassinated. Um, and then we went through this sort of malaise of, of uh, you know, great recession during the Jimmy Carter years and so on. Um, our influences were, were, you know, rock and roll starting to come along. Disco music, maybe. Uh, Saturday Night Live premiered when we were in, in our teen years. Uh, video games are just starting to come online. Things like Atari. Mm-hmm. And so our parents were concerned about some of the things that they were seeing. And then I remember as I became a young pastor talking to parents of teenagers and saying, you know, the world that your children are growing up in is very different than the world that we grew up in. And I think now uh, as the parent or grandparent of a, a burgeoning winning teenager, uh, my, our first granddaughter is going to be uh, a teenager this year. Uh, her world is very different. She's growing up in an environment where everything is accessible to her at the touch of a button. Uh, and, uh, you know, of course, the, the political challenges we're facing, a pandemic that she grew up in. So uh, it's not a surprise that there are some of our listeners who are saying, uh, what do we do with our teenagers? So here's the question, and then we can talk a little bit about some of the challenges that uh, parents and teenagers face here in the 21st century. Uh, and so she, she starts out the question like this, so many issues going on with teens these days. I would love another teen-focused episode, so here it is, on any of the increasing concerns for parents. Lack of motivation, excessive screen time, lack of in-person communication skills, set back further because of COVID, depression, anxiety, increasing numbers of teens with concerns about their sexual identity, etc. cetera. Uh, parenting a teen in this time of history is unprecedented, and I can't seem to find enough content out there to help support. Um, she's got a 16 year old son who's, uh, unmotivated, uh, and he's been greatly impacted by this, uh, this pandemic. And so, you know, she, she's raising some things, uh, that are probably, uh, we all experience maybe lack of motivation, et cetera, et cetera. But these, you know, excessive screen time, communication skills that have changed with Twitter and, and cell phones, uh, course, COVID. And then add into that neurotoxins and all the other things that you've been concerned about for years. It really is a different time for our teenagers. It's a wonderful time, a challenging time. So um, we we promised last week that you were going to solve all the issues of parents of teenagers. <laughs> uh, we we're going to do it in 30 minutes, and now we're down to about uh, 23. <laughs> about 23. So, <laughs> so I, I'm just going to sit back and let you espouse all of the wisdom you have on raising teenagers for us and fix everything here in the next 23 minutes. Ready? Okay. Go. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you know, I've been thinking about this because
1: it's 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 really, you know— Five hundred hours of podcast, <laughs> yeah. and I, I. But I was thinking about it. What if I was going to try to isolate one element to most uh, help parents of teens with? You know that that is maybe the octopus, the the center of the octopus that then has all these other tentacles. Yeah, uh, I would pick digital life. Mm. Um, I would mm. pick that because it's manageable and because it does actually impact everything that she wrote about. Yeah, uh, and what I mean by that is. And I'm going to put on the other side of that coin of the word digital life, uh, I'm going to put on the other side of the coin, uh, moving away from nature. So Mm, I think two things are happening at once with our kids, uh, and they're connected because the more they spend, the more time they spend on social media, uh, video games as they get older. These are teens, so porn, um, uh, likes, dislikes, the more screen time, uh, movies, YouTube. Um, uh, you know, and then once they get a smartphone, and of course, we beg parents not to give their kids smartphones till they're 13. But, you know, when they get the smartphone, many of them are getting them earlier. So they're spending two, three hours a day on that. Um, that that five to eight hours or whatever it is that is digital is directly connected to the other side of the coin, which is moving away from what's natural. And what's natural and the way that we really want kids, teenagers to learn and grow is through Human interactions, um, relationships, uh, interactions—even with pets. In other words, relationships, things that connect them with, bond them with, others, mentors, teachers, parents, grandparents, uh, peers, um, siblings. Uh, that's really natural. That's the way they should be developing, and um, and and then natural in terms of eating foods that are natural to them, you know, not, not neurotoxins and uh, starting work like at 16, you know, that's very natural. Um, that, that's, that's a natural pattern. Your brain needs support and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful
0: way to take care of your cognitive health made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill or get energized.
1: Um, rather than spending eight hours a day at 16 digitally so I would I would say uh, to try to manage this topic I, I would say if folks can look as their kids become teenagers if folks can look at the way it is now and it is very different than before and look at the this that the octopus the center of the octopus being digital and then all the tentacles of that. And ascertain the amount of time that their kids are spending with a screen in front of them, and then say to themselves, "Okay, that's not really natural. How do we curtail that time? Get them back toward natural relationships and and uh, occupations and enterprise." Um, I think that is a really good practical hint, uh, and you can create a grid of that. You can people can keep a journal and see how many hours their teens are spending digitally, um, keep a journal over 30 days. Uh, their kids can help with that. And the kids might be shocked to see how many hours they're spending. And then part of the journal is, okay, so how much relationship time? And then if kids will come back and say, well, look, I'm playing interactive video games, that's relationship, but it's still through a screen. So yeah, it's relationship. I don't, I want to, don't want to say it's not. And interactive video games are really neat and they do create bonds. Um, but, you know, still not natural, doesn't fit this model I'm talking about, still want to look at where the natural relationships are. Is this child Is this child spending time with grandparents, uh, with aunts, with uncles, with extended family, with cousins, um, with parents, with siblings, and how much time, and how much time exercising, playing sports with other people, okay, that's more natural, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So if, if I had to pick a strain of thought or a, a vein of thought, I would say that best fits uh, in short in a short time what this person is asking for, and what what fits our time, the time in which you folks out there are raising your teens now. Uh, that would be, I think, be the best fit, it. and you would see that depression and anxiety and lack of motivation, um, uh, isolation, um, lack of social skills, communication
0: skills. That a, a lot of this is connected to increased digital life. Mm. Uh, Jan and I were just on vacation. Uh, We went to Maui, and I was out walking, uh, and this happened several times, walking on the beach, and I had to dodge people, not because they were watching the beach, but because they're walking the beach with their noses in their phones. And uh, it it is kind of an interesting world now. and. we want to be careful, I think, the two of us, of being old people who don't get communication. But I think what you're saying is really so valuable because you come at it from a brain perspective. Uh, digital isn't bad. But oh, no, 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 no. No, we're, we're both into we're Because of digital, we're coming to you on podcast. But there are dangers inherent in digital that maybe we didn't experience before uh, that can... Uh, to can exacerbate some of the challenges that teenagers face to begin with. So so what I want to do uh put the digital thing on on the side for just a moment. What are some of the things going on in a teenager's body, mind, uh hormones, uh, that we want to always be aware of that this is going to be true for teenagers, whether they grew up when you, you and I did in the 70s or they grew up in 2021. 20, uh, what are some of the the normal things that sort of happen for kids as they're going through this age? Because it's kind of an awkward age. It's an age for discovering who they are. It's an age of pimples. It's an age of self esteem stuff, uh, relational drama. What's a, what's all that stuff going on in their bodies?
1: Yeah. Well, it's a really great question because actually the answer to it is part of why it's so important that that people stay more natural. You know, really right. focus on what's natural because all this stuff is actually happening in the nature. Like the relationships that teenagers need, which they need far more than they need anything on digital. Those relationships are helping them not navigate yes. self-esteem, awkwardness, um, hormonal growth, brain growth. So what's happening is they, they, as folks may already know, um, the the frontal. Which is the you know the frontal prefrontal, which is the executive decision making part of the brain. A lot of that hasn't filled in yet, and the connectivity to that hasn't happened yet. But the body and the hormones, and then the midbrain, they're able to take all sorts of risks, do all sorts of things that um, will help them grow and help the person grow. These risks, but the, not enough executive decision making from the top. So kids are doing you know some crazy things, and this is even more true of boys than girls when it comes to physical risks. Um, because uh, girls do have more connectivity to the frontal naturally than boys, more quickly, but the, the girls still take risks, and a lot of their risks are in the area of self-esteem and bullying each other and cyberbullying, and and also being way too hard on themselves and thinking that they're ugly, and you know, really turning on themselves. And um, hormones are feeding, uh, th- hormones are feeding the fact that that connectivity isn't there yet, um, because the hormones are pushing. Right. They're like stimulants pushing kids to do things and to test boundaries and to to set to test selves and identities. Um, and often they they don't have the internal wherewithal to handle all the pushing and they make mistakes and and what the relationships and what a natural life is supposed to do and it and will do is to help them find the boundaries, help them find resilience, help them, help guide them, give them wisdom, you know, so that they can navigate through that they have an internal energy component. That's forcing them out into the world to test themselves, and and they don't yet have the answers to those test questions at the top of their brain, uh, so that they don't have, and so they need these relationships and this natural life to help them develop through it. And that is true of all times, that's true of a thousand years ago, you know, that's true of, of now. And that's the one thing when people say, well, you know, it's really different, uh, raising teenagers today than it was in the 70s well it is but it it isn't different at the natural level it's different because of the technologies and the way the technologies have invaded a natural child development um, uh, but the natural child development the hormonal systems you know uh, those are all still in play and the and the, that brain pruning and the connectivity that's really big, you know, really big, 10 to 15 is the pruning, and then, you know, 15 onward, uh, well, the whole adolescence is connecting to the frontal, but then by 15 onward, 17 onward, then you start seeing, oh, oh, they're getting a little more connectivity, you know, oh, okay, by 20, okay, more mature, more connectivity. That cycle is normal, and and it's natural, and it will be a hundred or thousand years from now. There will be nuances in that some kids hit puberty earlier because of the endocrine disruptors in the food and the fertilizer. You know, the, there's, there's nuance. And then there's nuance in terms of trans and LGBTQ. There's more nuance. Nu- we always had LG, LGBT people. We always did, actually. There's all sorts of mythology about gay people. That's existed for uh, millennia. But... But now, okay, that's something where we'd say, okay, that's different than 100 years ago. We have more trying to figure out sexual identity. Okay, that's true. That's, that's newer. Um, but still, you know, LGB always existed. So I think, I, I, I think it's, the brain is on its natural pattern, and we parents have to study the natural pattern. And that's the big takeaway, and then create a life and help our kids create a
0: life that fits that natural pattern. Yeah, that is so helpful. Uh, to really encourage our kids to engage in face-to-face conversations uh, and, and really learning to navigate. You, you, when you look at the way that people tend to use text or, say, Twitter or whatever it is that kids are using today, we don't necessarily filter our comments. Uh, we, you know, We just put it out there, and, and we don't realize how words are read or responded to. Because you miss that natural nuance, the facial expression, the body language. Uh, And uh, so, you know, to have natural conversations is important. You mentioned, uh, you know, some of these things with with toxins in our food, in our plastics. That's also uh, something parents want to be aware of. And again, this, I think, has to do with the natural, you know, eating healthy foods, watching diet. What are we putting into our bodies?
1: Right. Yes, and luckily we have done. You're talking about evergreen. We've got some evergreen yep. episodes on that. But I will. Yep. I will mention it. But got a lot more resources. And then saving our sons and the minds of girls have a lot, so folks can get those um, and r- learn more about these neurotoxins. Yeah, that's that's another way in which, especially here in the U.S., actually, uh, we're we're messing with the kids' natural development, with their cellular development. And so those are the neurotoxins that are in plastics and, as you mentioned, in fertilizer and in food. And the most obvious, there are many, but the most obvious is the endocrine disruptors that are in, like, pasteurized milk, that are in the, um, uh, the pesticides uh, that make the lettuce green, that make the broccoli so green. Um Uh, and that are in uh, the fertilizers, right, that makes the cows so big so that they get a lot of meat out of them. The more organic people can go, and it's expensive, so, you know, one week at a time, take one food and go organic on that food, and then after a year, you've gone organic now on all your food. The more organic people can go, uh, the more we can stay away from plastics, um, the more we'll get away from these endocrine disruptors and these neurotoxins, and at least we'll take that uh, unnatural element off the table, and it, people ought to, uh, you know, if you haven't heard about this before, get those those books. Depending if you have a boy or girl, and and look at those evergreen episodes because it's really big. Like a yeah. lot of a lot of the depression anxiety, not not all. I mean, a lot of it's because of digital. A lot of it's con- congenital or genetic. But but we're finding more and more connectivity to these neurotoxins, and even in violence, we're finding connections to these neurotoxins. So
0: uh, it's worth studying. I'm also guessing we have more access to sugar in our food than maybe we did before. Uh,
1: yeah, you know, I say that, and I agree with you. Although I ate way too much sugar when I was a teen, <laughs> but no, no, you're right. You're right. I mean, kids have more access to everything yeah. if they have access. Should they? Should they be in homes that have access to everything? They they do, and and that's also an issue we have when we're working in under resource communities, you know, too, or kids in poverty. We're we're seeing. Those families focusing a lot on sugar, you know, mm-hmm. on what tastes good. And then we're saying to them, hey, you know, watch out. So wherever you are on the str- the social strata, socioeconomically, yeah, sugar is is an issue. And when we eat the sugar, you know, do we eat a bunch of sugar in the morning, then send the kids to school? Yeah. Not a good idea. You know, a little treat at 5 p.m. after... I like the oranges or candy after two hours of soccer practice in the heat, sure, okay, fair enough. But uh, or some ice cream as a treat, great. But yeah, yeah, refined sugar and refined flour. So much refined flour. That's that is that is another thing that is somewhat unnatural for us uh, and for our teens. Our cells, uh, a lot of our cells, we estimates are like thirty or forty percent of us. Our our cells are just not set up for so much refined flour. and white flour. So that's a whole other issue.
0: Yeah, I think, and maybe this has changed now because of COVID and we couldn't get out as much, but, uh, you know, say 20 months ago, two years ago, uh, one of the things that I noticed from the, the folks who are part of our congregation, young families, they were so busy. Uh, running from this event to that event to th- to this thing that thing that their diets consisted of drive-through food yeah and uh, you know so this is a lot of just high fats a lot of sugar refined stuff and um, you know it may be now that families have had a chance to think a bit more about diet because they've been home and cooking more and and hopefully seeing some results of that so as as you think uh, about if yeah. if you were parenting a teen again today Michael uh, and and all of these things that you've just said. Uh, you've got, uh, you, you want to take control of their digital life a little bit, their, their diets, uh, get them into nature, get them into relationships, uh, relationships with uh, sports or their faith community, family. Um, what are, uh, you, you know, th- this particular question, you've got a, a 16-year-old boy who's under motivated, um, a 16-year-old, 17-year-old boy or girl who's kind of at a point where they're flexing their independent muscles. And you come along as a parent, you say, "Uh, we need to limit your screen time. And they're going to push back. Um, And uh, they're going to have, I think, at some point, sort of the wherewithal to to put a nice struggle up for that. So how do you as a parent handle now these 16 to 17-year-old kids who have access to so much stuff So much information, they don't know necessarily how to process all the information they're getting, and you want to take control of their digital time. What do you do?
1: Yeah, I would put them to work. Um, I would. He's sixteen, girl, girl too. If she's sixteen, it's time to go to work. You know, especially if they're spending a lot of time on on digital. they my, my kids started working at 16. They worked as servers in a nursing home. It was one of the be- they they look back on it and go This is one of the best things you ever did as parents, you know, having us work. Um, uh, it just it matures them. It gets them off the digital. It it it's exciting. It motivates them. Uh, they learn a lot about the world. They find mentors because you naturally right you form relationships. You go into a workplace. People mentor you. Uh, you find peers that are in that workplace. Uh, gets you out of sitting in a bedroom staring at a screen. So, I mean, if I had to pick another thing, I would say 16, let's start working and, um, and just focus on that. And, uh, and that will naturally, uh, get the kid off of a lot of screens. Um, the fact that a child will resist, I mean, you, you've, you've said, you're right. The child, especially if they have not curtailed at all, and the child is now 16 and eight, eight hours a day, you know, between schoolwork and then video games and then, um, Uh, social media, etc., YouTube is eight hours a day, then the pushback's going to be harsh from the kid, maybe. By the way, not in all cases. Some kids feel really loved that parents do this with them. But in some cases, they'll get a lot of pushback, and uh, they just have to be united, and united as an extended family as well, and um, explain to the kid why, uh, show them the research, and say, okay, you know, Uh, and then, you know, tell their own stories, tell their own stories. It it can't hurt to say when I was 16, this is what I was doing, you know, and, um, I want you to be doing that or whatever would be their story Mm -hmm. because when they were 16, I bet they were not spending eight or nine hours a day in front of a screen so they can tell their story and, um... Uh, And expect the pushback and always give something 30 days. You know, I always say, don't, it's not going to happen tomorrow. So just start 30 days, then there'll be a hiccup. And then five days later, you push hard again, a hiccup, you push hard again, everyone's united. Um, uh, You know, but keep pushing forward
0: because it is our job as parents. So uh, just to pick up on the on the job thing, because I I did the same thing. I actually started working uh, even earlier than 16 uh, and worked through much of my uh, high school years and my college years, Mm -hmm. part time jobs. Uh, Would you would you say the same thing uh, for a student who's involved in, say, uh, performing arts They're you know, have play rehearsals in the evenings or sports? Uh, or they're involved in, say, another like a chess club or something. Would you say, yeah, they need to work, or would you say it, it, that sport uh, is time-consuming and that plays the same role?
1: Yeah, that's the thing that people always bring up. If they have a child, and it's, a, it's really a, a right thing to bring up. If they if that child is already, you know, from three to six p.m. on the weekdays, or three to seven p.m. on the weekdays, is doing music or is doing uh, sports. You know, and athletics, then it's not going to be reasonable to work during weekdays because um, they'll have homework as well. Uh, but they could still work on the weekends. Now, the exception would be they have soccer tournaments, you know, so everyone has to navigate that. Uh, if they're involved in in sports or those things, and those things, you know, here I return, now I end with the standard I began with, that my single thread, or the octopus, which is digital. If they're doing those things three or four hours a day, they are probably not spending that time digitally. Right. So we've accomplished the goal. Um uh, and so it may be for those kids, no, you know, they, they work isn't a fit for their schedule. Uh, but if, but I think it's something to ask about every child at 16 and then pull it back based on how much time they're already spending in those activities.
0: Yeah. I, uh, one of my jobs when I was in high school was I pumped gas. So believe it or not, listeners, there used to be people like me who would mm-hmm. put gas into your car for you. And um, so I, I'm, I'm a relic. I'm a relic from a bygone day. Uh, uh, What was your first job? Do you remember? Well,
1: my first job in our era, we were allowed to work earlier than 16, and I actually started working at 14. Me too. uh, Cleaning bathrooms at the Continental Trailways bus station. Ah. And I tell you, I wanted to go to college after that. Uh, (laughs) that, uh, But that was, you know, I did that. And then, you know, previous to that, my brother and my father and I had a paper route. Yep. Uh when we were even younger, my dad supervised that, but then that ended. And then I started, I did the bathrooms and cleaning the station. And then, um, we moved and then my next job was a uh, bus boy. So yeah. at 15, I started being a bus boy and that took me through at restaurants. And that took me through 16. Uh, and I worked, I actually worked all through college. I, um, I had to pay a lot of my college. So yeah. I did work study and worked all through college. I did restaurants. I worked restaurants for like. 10 years on and off Wow, uh, all the way through grad school
0: just so our listeners know both of us right we walked to school five miles uphill and (laughs) home from school five miles uphill (laughs) right in the snow (laughs) yeah so uh nothing like a couple old guys (laughs) reminiscing but Uh, you know, part of uh, age comes some wisdom. And and Michael, we're so grateful that you shared so much of it with us today. I hope this was helpful, parents. Um, You know, teenagers, it's such a great time of year, such an important time of life, such an important time of life. And uh, I encourage you, if you don't have a copy, of Saving Our Sons in the Minds of Girls, that you want to get those, and also The Purpose of Boys uh, from Michael. And I think you'll find those very, very helpful resources. Michael, thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Tim. And uh, next time we're together, folks, our three-year anniversary. Looking forward to talking more with you then. Have a great week. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah Baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel.